0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Before we get into this conversation that I had earlier in the week with Pirates beat writer Rob Biertemfel of The Athletic, a little bit of breaking news. Now, you know the trade deadline, you know, everybody, what we've been talking about for the past month. Yeah, the first move of the Pittsburgh Pirates has been made, and it is Adam Frazier, second baseman for the Pittsburgh Pirates, is no longer there he has moved to the San Diego Padres. So just keep that in mind. I had this conversation with Rob a lot, Still a lot of good information to come uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. So just wanted to give you that note before we get this thing rolling. So enjoy the episode.
1: Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Walter.
0: Hey, how's it going, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you are doing well, staying safe, and, of course, being healthy. And on this episode of the podcast, while the Pittsburgh Pirates came all the way from Steel City and just gave it to your San Francisco Giants, prior to that, I spoke with the beat writer, for the Pittsburgh Pirates ahead of the trade deadline Rob Beersemphal he writes for the Athletic and I had him on the podcast we haven't done an episode really of the Pittsburgh Pirates and this time of year is always intriguing and it must be a really stressful time for for Pittsburgh fans i mean they're they're one of the bottom teams of baseball, they have been, and they've always historically, at least for the last decade, been one of those teams that are always selling pieces at the deadline. Now, when you look at their team, they have a lot of candidates that uh, could be difference makers on a different team. I mean, the, the one that pops off the page when you look at the Pittsburgh Pirates is already Uh, Adam Frazier, I mean, Adam Frazier, all-star this year, having a career year, batting well over 300, could be a difference maker, and he he, uh, also happens to have a good glove, so that's something that teams could value down the stretch, heading into what teams anticipate to have a postseason run. But also, what the Pirates have are good pitchers. I mean, you want to talk about Tyler Anderson a little bit? You want to talk about Chris Stratton? We all know them. They used to be former Giants. (laughs) Stratton was a starter in his time. Now he has moved to the bullpen. But that's the big key is bullpen arms are a premium at this time of the year. When you look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, I mean, Richard Rodriguez, the closer, looks really good. And if a team were to pick him up, does he necessarily need to be a closer? Because when you look at bullpen arms, I mean, yes, the closer is what a lot of teams tend to gravitate towards. Craig Kimbrell is out there on the market for Chicago. But if you trade for Craig Kimbrell, which is going to be probably a big price tag, if you trade for him, as Buster only said on our last podcast, he is not going to go anywhere else other than in that ninth inning. Richard Rodriguez, maybe you could throw him in the eighth to bolster up that back end of your bullpen. When I look at them, Giants could use them. Probably the Dodgers could use them. Any team that is looking to revamp their bullpen at the deadline, I'm sure that they're on the phone with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the Pirates, they have a lot of players that can potentially be moving this week, if it hasn't happened already at this time, I'm recording over the weekend because I'm going on a little, little vacation. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But the anticipation is that they're going to be moving on from a lot of pieces. So the the question isn't who is going to move. The question is who's staying. We'll get into that coming up next. We're talking with Rob Beertzenfuhl. Pittsburgh Pirates beat writer for The Athletic. You are listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, Passion for the Pastime. Your host, Walter, here. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to head to the Steel City. We haven't uh, been there this this season, but a lot of activity going on. And uh, I I would have to say... You know, if there is such a thing, the Pirates happen to be my second favorite team uh, because of the great Roberto Clemente, my favorite uh, person, role model. Never got to see him play, but uh, just love everything that he stood for. So to help me talk about the Pirates and with the trade de- trade deadline looming, uh, the draft just went underway a, a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk Pirates baseball on this one with beat writer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Rob Beertemfel of the athletic rob how you doing today doing well man how are you going today i am doing pretty good um it is it's been a long week <laughs> it has been a long <laughs> week but uh but we're getting there we're getting there and the trade deadline is looming uh and you know it's, it's come. it's coming up in a couple of days and uh what what how is it going for you i mean you have to be super <laughs> swamped right now
1: as I say, you've had a long week. I've had a long season, my friend. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's been, I mean, I, no one can claim that we didn't see this coming, though. I mean, We knew coming into the season that the Pirates were not going to contend at the National League Central, that they would probably finish with one of the bottom, you know, four or five records in, in the major leagues this year, and that's certainly the way it's playing out. They were just swept <laughs> by the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's rough. Which just boggles the mind. Um. Yeah. You know, and the thing was, too, in that series, too, they were hitting the ball. They got like thirty-six hits or something in those three games. But the bullpen completely exploded, and they just haven't been able to produce the right kind of hits—runners uh, in scoring position hits. So, much work to do for for general manager Ben Charrington when he sits down. And I'm sure when he was first hired, you know, in November of 2019, and sat down and started looking at the depth charts and whatnot. You know, some of the blood might have drained from his <laughs> from his face as he realized the scope of the task ahead of him. It's her plan, but it, it's still you know there, there's a lot of areas to shore up, and he's made some huge moves already. You know, trading Bell and Tyone and Musgrove and starting Marte, but he has a few pieces left to deal. And yeah, with with a week or so until that deadline, he's looking you know to get what he can prospect wise for guys like Adam Frazier, uh, you know, National League second baseman all-star. Richard Rodriguez, who's been the Pirates' closer, you know, this year and last. Uh, Maybe a guy like Tyler Anderson, lefty, who's had, uh, you know, some some success, some bad times as well, but overall some decent success in innings. Either a veteran guy, probably a five-starter for a contender, you know, a death piece, piece kind of thing. So he's looking at his, at his farm system and he sees that the Pirates need, well, after drafting Henry Davis, they don't need catching help quite as badly as they did before, but it's always good to have depth. They need pitching help all over the place. They need some outfitters. They need power hitters. But I mentioned, they need pitchers and, and pitchers and, and more pitchers. Yeah. So plenty of things on Ben Sherrington's shopping list. And he's got some interesting pieces, you know, not, I don't you know, we're not going to see Blockbuster trades, and you I mean, obviously Frazier the best guy. But um, they're going to be active; they're going to be sellers, and you know we're we're in the thick of it now.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know I think it might be easier to keep track of who isn't available on the Pirates, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. who, who are those guys? Who is not going to get traded? Or you'd be very shocked uh, if they were. They'll come trade deadline.
1: Two guys: to Brian Haynes third baseman, and Brian Reynolds. Um, the, well, he was the left fielder coming this season, but now he's sort of taken over as the everyday center fielder simply because their outfield has been a mess for most of the year. Um, Hayes, rookie, you know talent, rookie of the year candidate, a guy with tons of talent who, who has surprised me a little bit and maybe some evaluators by showing a little bit more power in his first 60 you know, odd games in the big leagues than he did in the minors. Brian Reynolds is a guy who they got him in the Andrew McCutcheon trade. Um, I, I love watching Brian Reynolds play simply because he would fit in any era. I could see him playing, you know, for the 1986 Mets. I could see him playing for the 1974 Reds. I could see maybe for the 27 Yankees. I wasn't Brown then, so I don't know how he'd fit. But he's, <laughs> he's an old school guy, quiet guy. He'll make a big play, a diving catch, get up, dust himself off, and, and jog back to the dugout like, yeah, I guess that just happened. Um, you know, just a fun guy to watch, tremendous hitting approach. I think he's just such a smart hitter um, a couple of years ago when he made his debut, he was Mr. Babbitt. I mean, every time he put back the ball, which was a lot he it turned out he was on base, and he just has that ability to to really you know envision what's going to happen. He's a couple steps ahead of the pitcher in, in every at-bat at seats. So not a guy who's you know necessarily going to hit you 25 home runs or whatever. He's not a flashy guy, but he's just a solid ball player, um, the kind of guy that you really need to build a roster around. He's got four years of team control remaining because he's going to be Super 2 after this season. So four years of our eligibility. They talked about an extension with him in the past. They talked to Cabrian about an extension in the past. So far, both of those guys are kind of like, let's wait and see. But I really think after this year, we're going to see a full court press, definitely to get Cabrian Hayes signed to a you know a longer term deal. <laughs> Reynolds, that's still kind of up in the air because you know four years of team control, and by the time that ends, he'll be thirty. So that's kind of that gray area. Do the Pirates want to invest money and, and years on a guy past his age 30 season? You know, I don't know. It depends, I guess, what the, how, the, how confident they are in where their farm system is in a year or two in terms of outfield depth. Right now, they'd be inclined to do it because there's, you know, guys there. But nobody really jumps out at you necessarily. But I think in a couple of years, that could change a little bit. Um, so maybe they would not be as, as eager to sign Brian Reynolds during extension, at least not at this stage, maybe a couple of years down the line, if things change, if, if his talent is still there, if the farm system is kind of thin, more likely, but as of right now, he's definitely not going anywhere to trade, as I just could bring. but everybody else in that major big roster, you know, if you're a GM and you're listening, pick up your phone right now and, and call Ben Charington. <laughs>
0: We're talking with Rob uh, Beer-Temple, beat writer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, for the Athletic, uh, and we're talking Pirates ball here. We just spent time talking about uh, Reynolds and – the the fans I, I guess the diehard fans right because in San Francisco that we were involved in that trade we traded him away from Andrew McCutcheon in 2016 um, mm-hmm. and at the time I mean you don't really recognize the name especially if they're in low A and you're not really paying attention and uh, and yeah. it's, it's great to see like for Giants fans it's 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 bad to see because it's somebody (laughs) that we traded away. We don't even have McCutcheon on the team and McCutcheon only lasted uh, a couple of months in San Francisco. Then he got traded away to, uh, to New York, but uh, good to see that he is uh, taking on uh, a a new challenge in Pittsburgh. And then, as you mentioned, four years down the road is, is when his timetable is about to be up, right? As far as team control, is that, kind of lining up with the time frame of what this rebuild is gearing towards for the pirates.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, yeah, I really think the window for them, you know, if it's, if it's going to open, it's probably 2024, maybe even more so like the 2025 um, simply because of the, a lot of the pieces they have, the better pieces they have are still an A or double A ball. The triple the, the A team is, is, not that great this year. It's just more of a way station for for debt, but they've got guys in low A, you know, higher A, who they think can be big league contributors. Um, but it's just a question of, of how long it takes to get them there, and then once they do get there, how long it takes them to kind of all gel together, and then you know, Charrington because he's because he's the Pirates GM, he's not going to have a a ton of money at his disposal to kind of. Throw around to pick up complimentary pieces, you know, and not you know not really caring if they you know succeed or fail as much. When the pirates pick up a complimentary piece, that guy pretty much has to do the job because they don't have enough money to go get a plan B or plan C. So I, I think really you know Ben is still kind of in the process of of getting the farm system to where he wants it to be. And by the time they do that, and then get some of these guys in A ball up to double and triple. Yeah, I think um, three to five years is is a pretty good estimate of when this team, if it's going to be competitive again anytime soon, that's probably when it's going to happen.
0: And uh, so we're talking trade deadline here. So it sounds like Reynolds isn't isn't going anywhere. He's going to be that focal point uh, along with Cabrian Hayes uh, for the Pirates to build around, which you need a, a, a structure. You need something to build around. So those two guys, perfect. Mm-hmm. But where does that leave Adam Frazier? Is he going to get dealt? Is it without a doubt in your mind that he is dealt by the trade deadline? And what's the what's the buzz around him? Who Who's giving calls to Pittsburgh right now?
1: You know, it's kind of funny because it's it's been for the past, really the past year or maybe even two, that we've kind of been hearing, you know, Frazier's name connected to, to trade talk, that he just seemed like a natural fit for a guy, who, especially when he entered his, you know, his arb his years. That's around the time the Pirates looked the trade, guys, frankly. And there hasn't been as much buzz about Trey's in the past couple of weeks as I would have expected. Now, this year, obviously, with him starting in the All-Star game and, you know, flirting or hitting around 330 and whatnot, career best year at the plate, I, you know, it's a lot more likely. I You know, I don't want to say it's 100% guaranteed he's going to be dealt, but if you force me to put a number on it, I'm going to say 95 to percent sure that, that he will not be with the Pirates on August 1st. The White Sox, you know, they seem to be a great fit in so many different ways. I mean, they haven't you know, been, you know, they've had some injuries and they, they have, and Frazier's a guy, you know, obviously plays second base, but he can go to left field if he needed to play out there a little bit in a pinch. So he's got some versatility. He's, he's a gold glove finalist the past couple of years at second base. So he's got credentials there. I think the White Sox, in a lot of ways, are a good fit. I, you know, I've heard that the Yankees have taken a look at him. Uh, then again, they probably look at everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we'll, I would take that for what it's worth. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like him, and especially since he still has a year of team control remaining after this. Um, he's a guy that's, you know, he's not purely a rental guy. Um, that's why it would be interesting to see I'm sure the Pirates are shopping him as a as a guy who can be not just a, you know, one- or two-month kind of guy, but a a little bit of a fixture for you for at least a year or so. And he's still on the right side of 30, where, you know, he can be productive for you know at least a couple of three years before you start to wonder about how things turn for him. Yeah, I think there'll be a number of teams, but I think obviously the White Sox, what I've heard so far, they'd have to be the, you know, the leading contender.
0: All right. Well, that is, uh, Adam Frazier talks so of White Sox. It could, could be, uh, could be a deal in the coming days. What about, uh, Richard Rodriguez? We all know that, uh, you know, relievers, bullpen help, that is a high, hot commodity, uh, come trade deadline. I, I would assume that there's a lot of teams calling on, uh, Richard Rod- Rodriguez. What are you hearing?
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's a team out in the Bay Area that might be interested in getting some bullpen help.
0: <laughs> that's, that's what I was hoping for,
1: <laughs> you know. And uh, so maybe Rich Rod just walks down the hallway, you know, <laughs> fights his way through the crowd there, and uh, and, and works his way <laughs> down to the home club, the home clubhouse. It wouldn't uh, be the fr-
0: it wouldn't be the first time that that's happened with San Francisco and <laughs> Pittsburgh.
1: Yes, indeed. That's right. And it, it seems, I remember a few years back whenever we were in San Francisco and, the, Giants, and, and the, the Pirates, they didn't do anything with the Giants, I don't think, but they traded, uh, who was it, Jack Wilson maybe? And Ian, there was like two or three or four guys who who went that. It was one of the busiest trade deadline days I've had in a long time. And I was still a newspaper guy then, and having it happen on deadline on the West Coast was a nightmare. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's uh, – I think Rodriguez, yeah, he's a guy who he is, he, he's the pilot's closer. But, you know, I always use that to add the phrase, he's the de facto closer. Um, the guy that they, you know, hoped <laughs> and expected to be their closer this year was Felipe Vazquez, uh, that didn't happen when he was you know arrested a couple of years back for sexual assault and subsequently you know, convicted. So he's out of the picture. So they got Keone Kella, who you kind of thought would be the guy, the next in line kind of guy, certainly had The demeanor certainly had the fastball he just didn't have the health, and you know he wound up leaving they wound up letting him walk as a free agent so last year when keller was not available again because of an injury they really had nobody else they turned to richard rodriguez the guy they had signed as a minor league free agent after the orioles gave up on him about i don't know three or four years ago he was always a decent enough you know pitcher um more of a savvy guy he's not a power guy he's you know, going to come at you with a low 90s fastball, but he's just, he, he, he's, he's good at moving that ball around the strike zone and really keeping hitters off balance. Gets a lot of weak contact. He's also a high-spin guy, and you know how that's, you know, there's been talk this year with all the talk about sticky stuff and things like that, but he's past, you know, that uh, renewed ban on the, on, the, on, the, on the sticky stuff. He's still been able to be effective for the most part. I think he's a guy that can help a club you know, obviously, yeah, as a back end guy, doesn't have to be the ninth inning guy. Yeah, he was a really good setup man with the Pirates when Vasquez was still pitching. And I could see him slipping into that role really easily as the seventh or eighth, you know, ninth inning guy with any other the contending teams.
0: Now, so, so those are the two main pieces that, that everyone is anticipating to get moved, is Richard Rodriguez, Adam Frazier. Who else yeah. is on uh, the, the block? I mean, yeah, everyone except for Reynolds <laughs> and Cabrian Hayes, but who is more likely than not to get traded? Who do you have there? Tyler
1: Anderson's got some interest, and uh, I know that you know even though the Giants are looking for pitching, he's you know, he was just there a year ago, and they let him walk, so I don't think he'd be a guy that they would look at. But, Um, Other teams who are looking for a back-end or depth starter, a guy, a veteran who can eat some innings, a left-hander. Anderson would be a guy. Um, Chris Stratton is another guy, reliever. Right-hander, another high spin rate guy, very effective. The Pirates kind of rejuvenated his career after after getting him from the Angels back in. I want to say it was 19 they picked him up from Los Angeles. And, you know, he really, at that point, he was still – yearning to be a starter and I think kind of stuck in between roles and that little bit of a purgatory that pitchers sometimes go through whenever it's clear that their stuff isn't quite right to be a starter anymore, but before they fully mentally bought into their new life (laughs) as a relief pitcher. Well, he's passed that awkward stage now and he's really settled into the Pirates bullpen. He's one of their most frequently used um, bullpen guys, a guy that they can use in a number of different roles. He's gone multi-innings, He's been, uh, you know, the guy who's just come in to get three tough outs or, or that last tough out in, in an inning with runners on base. He's, you know, been in kind of high leverage situations. Uh, picked up a save earlier this season. The only other save that, you know, the only one that's non-Rodriguez got a save for pitching in, uh, I think, was three innings against uh, the Marlins a month or so ago. So you can use them a bunch of different ways. And for contending, you know, needs bullpen depth and bullpen options, He's a guy that can give you a little bit of both. He's a veteran guy. He gives you a lot of roles he can fill. Uh, so, those are two guys, two pitchers who I think probably have the most appeal. I think Colin Moran, the first baseman, would have been drawing a lot of trade interest, just as kind of a depth guy. He's you know, having a pretty good year at the plate, you not know, a ton of power, but he's, he's become a pretty good bat to ball guy and a good old base guy. Um, but he has a broken bone in his wrist and probably going to be out you know, at least into August. So I would think that you know that pretty much choked off any kind of trade interest in him.
0: All right, we are talking with Rob Beer Temple beat writer for the Pirates for the Athletic. Uh sounds like you're going to have a really busy week. <laughs> it's going to be really busy uh in yeah. Pittsburgh. Before I let you go, let's uh let's talk some draft because everyone is raving about the draft picks uh that the that the Pirates selected. They passed on Jack Leiter. Were you uh surprised by that move?
1: Um you no, know, yes and no. I mean, Leiter
0: obviously was the splashier year guy, but
1: Henry Davis fills a need for them and I, I know you never draft just for need. But he really does. The Pirates, are, you know, were down to next to nothing in their farm system at catcher, um, and Davis was, you know, probably the top-rated college bat. And his defensive skills are good, but he's, you know, there's still a lot of sharpening that needs to go on there. But you know, it, it kind of eases the pressure on that farm system to be able to produce, you know, a, a catcher. Hopefully, by the time this window opens again in three or four years. So in a lot of different ways, I think it made sense. It's also worked. I mean, he signed for about $2 million below slot. And for a club like the Pirates, well, a club that's important, but for, especially for a club like the Pirates, they had the biggest draft pool, bonus pool in, the, in this year's draft. And they've been able to spread it around. They just, matter of fact, this morning signed their number three pick, uh, Bubba Chandler, a pitcher, um, lured him away from Clemson. With a three million dollar bonus, which was about a million and a half overslot, so they've been. You know, I think signing Davis, you know, it gives them a good back. It gives them a, a, a need position, and it gave them a way maybe to be able to you know go deeper into their draft and sign some of these guys who otherwise they wouldn't have had some of the you know enough cash maybe get.
0: And also looking at the uh, the the draft picks, the first four rounds. Or I guess three rounds would be the first four picks. Um, Other than Henry Davis, they're all from high school. Do do you? I mean, what's the thought process there um, as far as you know going into a high school pitcher or a college pitcher?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it it depends on on, I guess, the need of your system and and the Pirates. You know they're going to need arms, but I think for for them it's not necessarily as important that those arms get here in the next year or two. And they also have a, a number of pitchers and uh, pitching prospects who are going to be Rule Five eligible in the next year or two as well. And that creates a p- pretty big crowd when you have to decide who you're going to protect by putting on your forty man and who you're not. You can't carry so many minor leaguers on your, you know, on your forty man before it starts to choke things off in terms of you know just being able to feel the. You know, a, a, a decent team and enough backups to get you through a season. So, you know, for the Pirates, you know, taking high school guys, it's a pricier proposition, certainly, because you got a guy. You know, you got to get these guys to give up college deals and have the whole thing with the, you know the licensing contract that some of these kids are signing from you know, colleges. That creates a little bit, a few more headaches and makes them a little bit more expensive to sign. So, I think for the Pirates, you know, while they while they do looked to you know to get some uh, some upper level minor league system arms i think for them it's just important the talent level not necessarily high school or college
0: well rob thank you for coming on i really appreciate it man uh it was it was a good talk and uh good luck the rest of the week you're going to you're going to you're going to be very busy i already know um but a lot of, of a lot of exciting things to look forward to in pittsburgh um but hey by the way uh Pittsburgh, what's what's going on with all these crazy plays? I mean, you guys have the the two craziest plays in uh, in twenty twenty one, most most recently against the Mets with that ten foot uh, three run single. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they've they've definitely they've had they've had some problems in, the, in that area, and that again speaks to you know when you, when you have a, a, a team where you've got to do a lot of on the job training at the big league level. And, you know, I remember the Pirates went through something like this in the eighties when they promoted guys to the majors. Because they had nobody else to play there, and things didn't go all that well. And I think we saw some of that. You know, Will Craig uh, making you know, the first baseman making the blunder, you know, with Hobby Baez and, and chasing him back toward the plate, and then that play just exploded. Um, and then you know, the Pirates said all all the right things after that I and mean, stood by Craig. And then last week, Craig was released, and now he's playing in, in, in Korea. It's like a Brian Hayes missing first base on a home run. Um, just you know, stupid stuff like that that really a, a club like the Pirates can't afford to do because they you know they're not going to hit two and three home runs a night. They really have to create runs every way they can. They're going to they're going to need to prevent runs from being scored every way they can. And when they start having basic fundamental breakdowns like that, you know, you, you know what you get is is pretty much what you see. You know, a team that's 22-odd games under 500 as we're heading into the end of July.
0: Great stuff, Rob. Again, uh, take care, and good luck with the deadline. Hey, thanks, man. Take care. All right, and again, that was Rob Beertemful, beat writer for the Pittsburgh Pirates for the Athletic. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter to follow all of your needs of the Pittsburgh Pirates and especially going into the deadline because there is going to be a lot of action with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So definitely give him a follow to find out everything that's going on, the ins and outs, the rumors, where guys may be going. You're going to want Rob giving you all of that information. So go ahead, give him a follow on Twitter, at Rob Beertemful. Again, that is R-O-B-B-I-E-R-T-E-M-P-F-E-L, Rob Beertemful. I feel like I was just in a spelling bee, and, uh... I was looking at it, and that was hard to spell, but Rob Temple of The Athletic, I really appreciate him coming on the podcast. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did, too. A lot more to get into. We are a couple of days away from the conclusion of the trade deadline, and things are going to heat up. I can just feel it, so we have more coming up. And remember, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. wherever you're listening now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a review. Uh, Tell me what you think of the show, comments. Go ahead and reach out to me if you have any other questions on the deadline that you may want me to get to before the conclusion at the end of the week. So, you guys, have a good one. Be safe. Enjoy the rest of your week. It's going to be a crazy one. Remember, go get that. Uh, that tequila shot, that whiskey shot, whatever it is to calm your nerves because it is going to be a wild ride. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Remember to stay tuned, and I will talk to you next time.